BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel? Or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorce Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. It's kind of like, okay, and you're done. And the Olympics are over. You're you're all good now. And it's like, wait a second. I just worked, you know, three years. Uh, and then if not all of your life for this moment, then it's like, all right, see you guys. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody. I hope you had a fabulous weekend. Yes, I know. You're hyped. You cannot believe it. The Ilona Mar member of the women's U.S. rugby team, just competed in Tokyo, viral sensation on TikTok, garnered over 800,000 followers, is here today. I'm freaking out. I'm sure you're freaking out. I'm actually sure many of you are just like diehard Ilona stands and you're like, real pod, who is this chick? But I'm going to listen for Ilona. That's okay. We love it. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Now, in the rare chance, some of you don't know who Ilona Mar is and you're like, who is this? I would say, please scroll her TikTok. It's absolute comedy. But to give you a brief summary, yes, you heard that right. She competed in the Tokyo 2020 Games on the U.S. women's rugby team. So she's an absolute stud. She's a freaking Olympian. But not only that, hundreds of thousands of people fell in love with her through her relatable, which it's funny to say relatable. I mean, she's an Olympian. Like, what are we relating to? I mean, she is godly. But yes, her relatable, hilarious, and inside look at the Olympic Village TikToks. Like me, I'm sure you all were obsessed. So that is why I just am hyped, starstruck, and honored that after just a few days of being in the States, Ilona sat down to chat with me on the pod and share with you guys and open up about honestly how she's doing right now, managing the come down from the Olympics and also the crazy hype and pressures that come along with her new social media stardom. Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a special shout out to RealPod Squad member Becky. Becky, thank you so much. She left a five-star review that says, you are my comfort podcast. I adore RealPod. I always save up the episodes and listen to them all on Sunday mornings, and they literally make my week. I feel so accepted and welcomed. I'm a D1 athlete, so hearing about you overcoming your struggles and your guests has helped me feel like I can tackle my own. 
Also, you introduced me to so many other creators who I now love. You are the best and I love RealPod. Becky, thank you so much for this heartfelt review. It means the world that you took the time to leave me this message. Thank you so, so much. And being an athlete and sounding like you're a super cool human, I'm sure you're going to love this episode today with Ilona. If any of you have been enjoying the show and you want to take some time to leave me a review and a rating on iTunes, that would mean the world. I love hearing from you. It really helps the show. And you just might be the special shout out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you stream so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday when we bring you brand new guests and the realest conversations. Well, without further ado, let's dive into this episode with TikTok queen. She is the beast. She is the beauty. She is the brains. Ilona Mar. Ilona, which I was thinking of how I should address you because I know you said mama likes Ilona. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to go with the E. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. She'll love it. Thanks for joining me. I, it's crazy to see you in like your home kitchen, given that six days ago you were in Tokyo. How are you? I think that's what's weird for a lot of us too. It's kind of like, okay, and you're done. And the Olympics are over. You're, you're all good now. And it's like, wait a second. I just worked you know, three years. Uh, and then if not all of your life for this moment, then it's like, all right, see you guys. So it's been weird to be back because I know I'm an Olympian now, but it, I, it doesn't feel any different to be honest. Right. And that's actually what so many Olympic athletes, I feel like we're talking about before the Tokyo games. I don't, did you ever see the weight of gold Michael Phelps documentary? I didn't yet. No, it was on, uh, Olympic athlete mental health. And it was all talking about this thing they call like post-Olympic depression where you work your whole life for this moment and then it ends. Mm -hmm. And it's like coming off of that high is is really an out-of-body experience. Yeah. I I think, you know, we can get into it more, but I'm a, I'm in a very dark place right now. It's been a very tough couple days, especially, you know, I don't, I don't know what it would be like to medal, but you know, you go to the Olympics to medal. And then when that doesn't happen, it's like, for a lot of sports, track stars, it's what, 10 seconds of work. And then if you don't meddle in that 10 seconds, all your dreams are crushed first. So for us, it was in a 14 minute game in the quarterfinals and all of our, all of our hopes of getting a medal were just crushed right there. So it's, it's been tough and I've been um, like needing a lot of support during this time. Have you ever experienced any place like this before? Like you said, you're in a dark place. Is this something that is like uncharted territory for you or have you battled through something like this? in your past? Um, nothing as tough as this. This just feels like an absolute heartbreak. It almost feels physical in, in, a, in a way like, you know, your stomach tightens or whatever. Um, I think I felt similar to this way when the Olympics were postponed. That was tough for me. But this is just another level because all of a sudden it's like a lot of change is coming, which can be very exciting, but then can also be very um, scary. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the season, I mean, because COVID is still really big and we've already had a couple tournaments be canceled already for the fall. So I just don't know what's happening. And I'm, there's a little part of me that's excited for change, but a lot of it is just like stuck in this feeling of there's never going to be a good time. And speaking of that heartbreak, you've been really transparent online with your followers and your fans. I think that's super cool, first of all, because it's not easy to do that. But you literally... I think it was the day, the night of, I don't know what the time changed when you guys are posting in Tokyo and when we're seeing Mm -hmm. it in the States when it was, but I'm pretty sure very close to that last game, you put out a pretty vulnerable Instagram caption talking about feeling like you wish you could kind of have that game back. 
Yeah. So I actually first right after the game that night, I made a TikTok video um, just in bed and I wasn't sure if I wanted to post anything because I was just late. But my and my sisters were like, are you sure you want to post something so like vulnerable? Like people don't need to know that about you, that you're going through that. And I was like, well, on TikTok, I've been showing this super happy, funny person and and people are like seeing Olympians in this way. I want them to also see Olympians as human, you know, and as we feel a lot of things and uh, we go through a lot of heartbreak. And then later the next day before the games, it was hard because we had to get up and play games knowing that we weren't competing for a medal. And that was some of the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life because you just wanted to stay in bed the whole day, but you had to play games to get fifth or sixth. And then I made a caption just because this, this really feels like a heartbreak to me. And um, I wanted to be real with people because I am a very funny person. I love to have fun, but I also, um, you know, feel emotions. And I love, I feel like your personality is something that I relate to. And not only just like how outgoing you are and how funny you are, but something that you revealed on your TikTok was you can sometimes be self-conscious that your personality is too much. I felt so seen. I feel like I have a voice in my head that's like, be quieter, be louder, stop talking. You're not funny. No one cares. Like, do you do you battle that as well? Oh, absolutely. I, I did a caption on Instagram because someone was asking me, what's the best advice your dad ever told you? And, he, and I was like, oh, that's a great question. I don't know. But then I immediately knew it was like, never tone myself down to continue taking up space because I have been told at times when, you know, maybe don't share your opinion so much or... I am the type of person who wants to talk and I want people to feel comfortable. So that might be mean that I talk a lot. And so I get super self-conscious about that because it's all for the best. It's, it's me trying to make people feel comfortable, trying to break awkwardness, but to others, it might just seem like a lot. So I think I still sometimes, even though uh, I'm an adult woman, get like stressed out that I'm like, oh, maybe I should be qu- a little quieter today. Like maybe I shouldn't say that joke or whatever, but it, it, it takes a lot. And then I think it's like, just starting to learn yourself and be like, no, this, I will, I'm going to share. This is me. I think. And it, it took me a minute to learn, like, it would be boring if we all had the same personality, if we were all just like quiet and didn't share opinions. So yeah, it might maybe annoy some people, but it'd be, you get somebody to annoy. So so that's kind of fun, I guess, or somebody to be annoyed (laughs) at. So, so true. And I feel like you are able to see what your personality and who you are can do for others and just like the joy. And I mean, everything that's happened on TikTok, I'm sure like you're still probably processing that, which is weird. Can we talk about how you're experiencing this heartbreak and this like lowest low, but then at the same time, this virality of everyone who's anyone on TikTok, like knowing who you are. I mean, I was looking through the comments before this and they're all like, you know, our TikTok queen, like, you are it. Like you carry the Olympics on your back on TikTok, you know, like, I mean, emotionally, are you even able to feel that excitement and that joy of like your creativity and your hard work for those videos? Because first of all, I, I respect the hustle. I'm the first one that would say, I know how hard it was to be creative, to come up with the videos, to film them. People are like, oh, TikToks. No, it takes a lot of work too. So I mean, what's it like balancing that? I think it was so weird because I was on such a high in the Olympics. Like right before that quarterfinal game, I was just on such a high. People were people were loving the TikToks. I was having fun sharing it. I was growing my following on Instagram, Twitter, everything. And then in those 14 minutes, you know, after that game, it, it completely took a total nosedive. So that's been that's been interesting because I do see that I am growing and people are like noticing and I still continue to get followers and people continue to tune in. But I'm almost at this point where I like, it, it became kind of a job, which 
is good and bad because uh, it can be fun and you can be a creator. But then I think there's a time now where I'm, I am excited to maybe go home and just turn my phone off and not look because I am on my phone constantly. Do you feel like it interfered with your like mindset at the Olympics at all? I, this is not the same level, but I used to vlog um, when I was a college athlete at USC. And I remember sometimes feeling like stressed about the vlog and then stressed about the game and, and vice versa. You know what? I don't think so. I think for me, it was a really good tool to use to not focus on my game so much because once you start focusing on your games, for me at least, I'm like, I get really stressed out. I'm like, oh God, you know, we, we have to do so much. We have to win these medals. So TikTok was a fun way to really escape that and to make fun videos for people and connect with fans because no one was going to be there to connect with them in person. It was just a really cool way to get my teammates involved. I think not only did it bring up my following, but it really helped actually rugby as well, which I think is what people have been telling me. And uh, because they're like, you did so much for the game of rugby just by the TikTok. So that's kind of, I did it for that reason as well. Yeah. And I think like what you're describing is an outlet, you know, it gives you something to think about. That's not like getting anxious about your sport and overthinking the, the film or whatnot. You know, in general though, like, so how are you today? Like, what has today been like? <laughs> Yesterday was tough. Today has just been like, I, I want to eat. I want to get back to that low that I am, that I'm a happy, fun low. But it, as probably Michael Phelps said, you just feel like you, there's going to be no happier days kind of. And you're just like, oh man, I really want to get there. But it just seems like the sun isn't behind the clouds right now. It's just a very cloudy day. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's taking a lot of, I like, I ha- we have a sports site guy, which I think is so important. So yesterday I had a great chat with him and he was like, main thing was, you know, don't, don't spend time alone, spend time with your best friend, call your family, like go, go on a trip or whatever. So that's been key. I actually think I should watch that Michael Phelps documentary. Now that you said that you're dude, you're going to get so emotional just because I mean, I got emotional watching it, even though I've never been an Olympian, but I mean, what you're, when you keep saying these 14 minute games, which I mean, it's just wild to think of some of these sports where you have a moment to be the best in the world. And and that's it. You don't get a do-over. And that was something Gracie Gold talked about in the documentary. She was a figure skater and she was like two minutes, 37. I forget what the time was, but she's like, that's how long I get to do what I prepared for for four years. It's wild. It's just so much pressure. And like, especially for our sport, like it, it could just be the way the ball bounces that game. And um like a couple errors. So much can happen in 14 minutes, but it is just 14 minutes. It's been cool, but I also think hopefully this time is going to make me much stronger because I mean, I did, it was kind of like, yeah, I was on that high and now I'm back down. So I don't know what it's going to teach me, but it's definitely going to teach me something. I also feel like this is kind of a hard conversation probably for you to have because most people will reflect on a moment like this. Like we would do this interview in three months and you would be like, yeah, this is how I felt at first. This is where I went. But this is this kind of difficult territory where you can't even really describe like what the game plan is or what's going on because you're in the thick of it. Yeah, I just, I think that's it. It's like, I don't know what's going on next or what's happening. It used to be like, there's no clear plan really too. And when are we going to play our next tournament? When am I going to get a chance? And so- right before the Olympics, all you do is you train for the Olympics. And we had a year, you know, COVID stopped it. But then when we got in for training, we had a year of training just for the Olympics. Like that was our goal. And so now it's like, what am I training for the Olympics in the next three years? I've now found that 
if you put that much pressure on the Olympics on that one moment, it can be pretty dangerous. And I think that's going to be my mindset going into it is like, if I do train for Paris 2024, that it's just going to be a small moment. It's not going to be everything that defines me and um, to train for it in a different mindset, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a good call for sure, because otherwise, I mean, you can't, unfortunately, no one can p- compete in those exact games. It's like probably, I guess it's the biggest tournament of life and it comes around every quad. So you have to find a way to find value and inspiration in the games that are going to happen for the three years before them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's, that's why I'm like, I'm excited to figure out what my next motivation will be. I think right now, I don't know what that is. Because it was, oh, I'm going to be go to the Olympics. And now I'm like, what What am I right now? What's my, you almost go through like an identity crisis, I guess. You're like, okay, I'm an Olympian, but what does that mean? So I sound down and I am, but I am like, that's why I wanted to be real because it's just like Olympians are held up on this pedestal, but it's been a tough ride. And I can only imagine a lot of other Olympians feeling the same way right now who didn't medal or maybe who even who did medal feeling this. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. People who get silver and bronze sometimes feel that way because they were close or whatnot. I was going to say this could be kind of cheesy, but what is it like rationalizing the fact that you're an Olympian? I just feel like as much as I try to, you know, kill my ego and suppress the ego that I would be like in the uniform or in the skins and be like, I am one of the best athletes in the world. Like, how did you fathom that fact? I haven't fa- I haven't fathomed it yet. I just um it doesn't feel real yet. I think it'll cuz I've just come back to no one maybe. So I haven't been around people who I've been around other Olympians, my teammates, but I haven't been around just like normal people. So I think maybe when I go home to my friends and family back home and I'm walking the streets of my hometown, people will be like, "Oh my gosh, that's the Olympian." But right now I'm like just slow. I'm just alone. I just I don't, I don't feel it yet. And I think I am excited to have people maybe tell me I'm an Olympian because maybe it'll start to feel real once they do. I, I bet. Yeah, that, that is like your one up you'll always have on like your siblings and your parents. Take out the trash, but I'm an Olympian. Mm, I'm an Olympian, so I can't. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I want to know more about you. I feel like people just fell in love with you and you obviously seem so awesome and like we're so relatable. I feel like my favorite comments from people were, wait, Olympians like also are like trying to like get hit on and like make TikToks and like feel insecure and like are funny, you know? Yeah, it's been funny. Everyone calls me their bestie now. I'm like, bestie. I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, no, we- what, what about me? I think that was one fun thing was uh, I think uh, people were like, wait a minute, Olympians hit on each other? I mean, yeah, we're in a village with a tons of hot athletic people from all over the world. Like, what do you think's going to happen? You think we don't have hormones? <laughs> I honestly feel like I heard rumor. I mean, this was like, I think two Olympics ago. I was young. Dang. But I just, I feel like the rumors were like the the Olympic village gets, it gets R-rated and like you blow off steam or like you, I, I don't even know, but I feel like I've always heard that the Olympic village is rowdy. But then this was the first year people could really document it. Yeah, I mean, and that's in the first year they could document and first year that really nothing happened because you had to be out 48 <laughs> hours after your event. So, I mean, we had one night of like, we drank outside for a little bit, but that was pretty much about it. And then it was all right, cool, see ya. Um, so, but I, I have heard in Olympics past that it gets wild. And that's what, something that's also super sad is that the Olympics are this, uh, supposed to be spectacular event and Japan uh, did an amazing job with it. But I know that if it hadn't been COVID, it would have been probably one of the greatest Olympics of all time. 
Right, right. There's the other thing is not only was the result not what you and the team wanted, but the whole Olympic experience, it doesn't feel fair. It's just hard when you think about what could have been, but that's out of our control. And I'm sure, you know, as an athlete, you're really good at focusing on what is in your control. Yeah, it was. And I think uh, one thing that our team did well was even though we didn't have fans in the stands, it didn't really affect us. We still played as best as we could, as hard as we could. And because that is something that you feed off of. And I remember I going to the opening ceremonies, we were walking out and the opening ceremonies, I've always loved to watch, but we walked out and it was like this weird moment where there was nobody in the stands. So you're like, who am I waving to right now? <laughs> and just like media and stuff, mom back home. So yeah, billions of people watching on TV. <laughs> billions of people. And you're just like, hey. Uh, so it was a different feel for sure. But uh, still Japan did amazing with it. You guys, I am so excited about this episode's sponsor. Please, please keep listening because today's episode is sponsored by Conair. You guys know those mermaid waves and that really cute, just looks like it came out of a braid fringe look. Yes, I love that look. I've actually worn my hair like that many different times on my Instagram to different events. I think it's so cute. It's so easy to do as well. And I do it with my Conair double ceramic triple barrel waver. I've been obsessed with this. It is pink, so it's adorable. It's actually pretty small in a good way. Like you can hold it in your hand. You can travel with it easily. And this waiver just makes it so easy to get those effortless, deep waves. The triple barrel ensures continuous uniform waves, while its double ceramic technology delivers even heat for fast styling and long lasting results. There are also 30 different heat settings for every type of hair um, and turbo heat for those difficult to style spots. I love that there are different heat settings because depending on your hair, I mean, mine's super thin. Sometimes I have to lower it. So I love that customizable feature. And also you guys using this waiver is so easy. Literally I clamp at the top and then I move it down three spaces. I clamp it again. I move it down. I clamp it again. I move it down. I clamp it again. I let go. And I have these beautiful mermaid waves. Also, this is next level. If you're the type of person who forgets to unplug their curling irons, you ever leave the house and then you panic. You're like, did I unplug it? Well, on the Conair double ceramic triple barrel waiver, there's an automatic turnoff to ensure safety. I mean, that is that is next level. I mean, this waiver was already superior, but that's just making it like next level superior. So if you want those gorgeous, really cute mermaid waves, have no fear. You can head to conair.com right now, C-O-N-A-I-R.com and search waiver. Literally just go to the search bar and type in waiver and the double ceramic triple barrel waiver will appear and you can order your own. What are your secrets? What don't people know? What, what don't people know about you? I was actually a pretty antisocial kid. I went to a small Catholic school. I graduated in a class of nine until eighth grade. So I truly did not know. I could still tell you like the moment I walked with a boy in the hallway in high school. So I was pretty <laughs> antisocial. And I think people don't realize that because now I'm the literally most social person you'll meet. But it took a lot for me to get to this place. And it took a lot of like being beaten down and you know, constantly being told your personality or you're too much or, oh, we're not actually friends or whatnot to really come to a secure place. And I would say I'm secure, but man, it's hard to be confident all the time. Yeah, it's hard to be confident. That's why I'm a big fan of your beast beauty brains hashtag. First of all, I love the fact that you're just owning the term beast because I feel 
that female athletes, I feel like our biggest insecurity is this relation to masculinity. I mean, I feel like now we're redefining what beauty is and we're redefining what a beautiful woman can be and that it's many, many things. It's not just this like one standard that we've seen, you know, year after year, magazine cover after magazine cover. Like what is behind the Beast Beauty brains? Has that been something you've been pushing for a few years? Is that something you've coined with the new following? I've had that for a couple of years now. And I think you said it there. It's um, I play a very aggressive sport. And when people think of a lot of women's sports, they think of, oh, they're masculine and they're blah, blah, blah. They're this way. So I think for me, it's really being able to define my own femininity and define my own beauty. Because on the field, I stiff arm. I run through people. I look like a beast out there. But I love to, my in my way to feel beautiful, it's lipsticks and heels and and being my own sort of feminine. And then the brains part is that I did go to college. I got my nursing degree. So I think some of the times people look at athletes as one dimensional and we're so much more than that. So I was in the van one day with a teammate and uh, I was just kind of like trying to figure out a hashtag. And she was like, I said like those three words, but then she put it in that order and I was like, that's it. That's my hashtag. And uh, just used it from then on and then started hashtagging it, hashtagging it on like all my Instagrams and my TikToks and people started to really like it. So well, I love it. And I think it's brilliant. And I think it's so important for female athletes because that's the constant struggle. I remember feeling like, wait, I want to lift and I want to be strong because I want to be good at my sport. But I also want to fit into the dress and not look totally out of place next to my friends at the party. And so it's like you're torn almost between body types and just the message that, hey, you can put on the dress and the heels and the lipstick and have your like glute muscles and your cab muscles popping out because like you've worked really hard to develop that is something that we need to be celebrating as beautiful too. Yeah. I mean, one thing for me, I, I never wanted to lift weights. I was always scared in high school lifting weights that I would get too bulky or too m- muscular. And I was like, I've now learned, I started in college, how good lifting weights made me feel and how good I felt putting more weight on the bar because if in honest, you're not going to get big or bulky. You're going to get toned if you lift weights in a certain way, if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking to get bulky, that's what you can do. But that's what's taking me to learn that. And then it's so wild to see how many people find my body beautiful because I'm like, what? Why, why would you think that? It's so against what the body types we see are. And so I think for me, it's coming to like love my body. Cause I know I have like a teammate, Naya Tapper, who is very, um, she loves her body and she's very confident. And by her being confident has helped me to be more confident. So I think just by seeing women with these different body types, being confident helps kind of like a pyramid, like a ladder effect. Okay. This person will help. And then it helps another person. So, yeah. So I want to talk about the feeling connected with the like appearance or the reflection in the mirror, because you said you didn't want to be bulky or muscular, but the way that lifting made you feel was so great that you started to enjoy lifting. How did you kind of like accept the physical changes that are going to happen when you lift heavy? Because that was something I struggled with for years. I think what it was, it, it, I lifted heavy and it helped me in so many other ways. So it gave me, it was purposeful. I lifted heavy and I found myself being stronger on the rugby pitch. Uh, I lifted heavy and also I had a community at the gym. That was fun of people who were like really cheering me on to be stronger. Then it just was toning. I wasn't getting bigger. I was, I was, I'm always this big. I'll always be a big person. I'll always be a bulky person, but I was getting toner through the weightlifting. And I saw that 
and I felt just like um, healthier, I guess. Yeah, I love that. So, so important. And especially because body image issues in female athletes and male athletes, I mean, anyone can experience body image issues, but there is that obvious, you know, to, to standard of like, here's the beauty standard from magazines. And then here's like a female athlete body. And, you know, they're not always viewed the same. Yeah. I think uh, for me, that's one thing that I want with this newfound fame, whatever it is, is be a model for brands. Cause I see these like athletic companies with these models and I'm like, well, that's not, they're a beautiful woman and um, they're probably athletes in themselves, but that's just not one athlete type. Uh, I don't have a six pack. I'll never have a six pack because I don't think it's in my genetics and I don't eat the way to have a six pack. So I think showing that athletes are so many different body types. It doesn't have to be just one thing. So, you know what I want to manifest for you? What? ESPN body, baby. Oh my gosh. I would love that. I would be, come on. I'd get naked. Come on. Let's go. (laughs) I feel like that's going to happen. I'm calling it now. What is the date? Thank you. Uh, August 5th. Put in in that bikini issue too. I'd be down to do that as well. The Sports Illustrated Bikini. Sports Illustrated Bikini. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Slay. It's in your future. I mean, why why not? Why wouldn't they want you? I hope so. I think I I would love to be on there because… Uh, I just want to show off my body and be like, this is, this is an athlete. This is an Olympian. And yes, she has roles and she's big and she blah, blah, blah. So I would love it. All right. All right. I'm putting it down. If I get it, I'll, I'll message you. Okay. Now, obviously I have to ask, um, what is your demigod type? Mm. Like what were, what, what, you know, gives you butterflies? Is it, is it looks, is it personality? Like, I feel like you're a hot ticket. You got lots of suitors. Um, you brought us into your, to your world. So I just need to know, like, what, what is, what, what turns yeah. Alona on? <laughs> so honestly, first off accents. Um, so that's why it was also fun in the village because everybody is from a different country. So it's great accents. I honestly, I say six, seven demigod, but honestly, I don't really care about height at all. You could be my height skinnier than me. I don't care. One thing that I've found I need to get better at is I, if you give me attention, I'll be like, okay. So it's like, whoever gives me the most attention I'll go for. And it'll, it might even be the ugliest person there, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're giving me attention. This sounds feels good. So I need to get better at that because I'm like, all right, you, you can be picky now. My type is somebody who's definitely funny and cause I'm a very sarcastic, funny person. So if you can't think I'm funny, I don't, I, I hate these men that think um, women aren't actually funny and just kind of like mm, they only want them to laugh at their own jokes at the men's jokes. And I'm like, no, I'm actually funny. I'll make you laugh. So it, but it, it was tough there. You know, I didn't get people keep asking me, oh, were your DMs going crazy? And I'm going to be honest with you. Not that much with demigods. It was more like <laughs> average Joes. And I was like, okay, well, thank you for shooting a shot. Um, I'll probably right. hold off on that for now. The random TikTok men, you're like, I was looking for Olympic water oh, polo players. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm so interested with you saying that the attention you're like down for, because I thought you were going to say, when someone gives me attention, I'm like, no, I want the game. I want the chase. I'm actually happy you don't want the game or the chase. You know why that is? Is because I went through like high school, college, never getting attention. I didn't have a, like, I still haven't had a boyfriend at 24. Uh, I've only had like, you know, good buddies as it were. Which can we normalize? I hear that a lot. I, I just have never, I don't know if it's, I've never found someone or I've just never put the work in, but I've never had a boyfriend and I'm not, I'm not embarrassed about it. Like, I think that when I do find somebody who I want to be my boyfriend, they'll be really special. I just um, have this kind of like, 
I don't really care. I just want the attention because <laughs> I never got it when I was younger. So now I feed off of it, but I need to get better at it because I've, I, so I, whoever gives me attention I want, but now I'm at the place where you're confident, you're beautiful. You know this now. So you don't need to just go for that. Right. You, you, you know, your worth and you're setting a little standard. Yeah. Trying to. Love that. Love that. I'm sure that, I mean, it's so funny that the DMs are popping off with just, we'll call them NARPs, non-athletic regular people. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I have so many friends who have not had a boyfriend, not had it. And I don't think it has anything to do with them. I honestly think in a weird way, our whole generation of dating and what is just, is just not normal. I mean, looking back the olden days, I mean, you can only meet people online you have these weird Snapchat relationships before they ever get serious. I feel like being boyfriend and girlfriend or saying you're dating someone is like huge. Where with our parents, it was like, oh yeah, we're dating. Like we're going steady. And then like they break up and they date someone else the next week. You know, I feel like that's all gone out of whack. I never understand when people are like, oh yeah, I'm dating this person. Like what? So wait, what are you like, like serious? Like what's happening? (laughs) Are you just going on dates together? What does that mean? I've always, always been confused about that. I always been confused about the term hookup. Because some people are like hookup is is the sexy time, and then other times like I just it's a makeout. So I'm like, what do you mean when you say hookup? I need you to give me more details. What does yeah, it mean for you? It is vague. I feel like whenever I use that term, it was just a makeout. My friends were like, why are you saying that? But to, <laughs> see, and then to me, a hookup means sexy time because it sounds like you hooked up, you got right. close. I mean, the literal definition of hookup is literally like you you are connected. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> We're getting visual. We're getting <laughs> visual. Are you like nervous and feeling pressured by like what you have to do next? Are you just trying to rest? Are you good at doing nothing? Or do you feel like you're constantly a doer and you have to be accomplishing things? I think I am a good rester. I want to rest, but then I also feel like this is such a key time. I need to be doing interviews. I need to be doing all this stuff. I need to be working here because uh, of the TikTok fame. But then at times I'm like, you know what? this is a lot of pressure and I don't know if I want this um, because it has become a lot and uh, I'm not even that famous. And I am um, just like, man, I don't know if I, if all this attention is that, is that uh, good. But then at other times I'm like, this is so great. I'm growing the game. I'm doing all this. So what's next, I think is also stressful because we don't know what's next. COVID's already canceled some of our tournaments. I'm going to go home. Uh, who knows when we'll come back to training. What are we training for? So I think I want to become a wrestler who, but also likes to just go work out because I think it's good for my mental health. Right. I feel that. You mentioned a while back that you uh, had a session with a sports psychologist. Is reaching out and being honest with how you're feeling something that comes naturally to you? Is that the first time you talk to someone or, you know, was that something you had to work through? Because the athlete mental health conversation, I mean, you were there with the whole Simone Biles thing. It's, it's the hot topic. I don't know if it comes fully easily from me. I always think like with the sports that guy, I'm like, what am I just going to tell him? He's just going to listen and he doesn't you know, say anything to me. But then whenever I do, do go talk to him, it's like, OK, that was very insightful. Thank you, Peter. Uh, <laughs> but I am, as many athletes are, more of the kind of in silent brooding type. And that's damaging. Like right now, I think I'm even doing it a little bit like I've just been stuck up here in my head and. Um, so it does take a lot, I think, for athletes to go for that outer help. But I am learning how important it can be. And so, thankfully, I have such a great support network of my sisters, my mom and dad, my best friend. So I'm doing much better at it. And I think a lot of people should realize it's OK to be vulnerable. Yeah. 
And the unique thing though about your struggle is it's not one many can understand. I mean, fortunately you have your teammates who you can talk to who are in the same boat, but it can be tough when like your family does want to support you, but they don't get it and they don't know what to say. Yeah. And, um, they, they say, you know, you've done so much more than a medal can do. And you've done so much more for rugby, but I just, uh, it is hard. Cause it's like, and for, for me personally, like, as you saw in my Instagram post, I feel like a lot of the blame is on myself for that quarterfinal game. I felt like I did made a lot of errors. So that's something I'm dealing with. So one thing my sports psych guy said yesterday was like, okay, you're going to schedule out a time from six to six 30. You're going to blame yourself. And that's the only time you can get throughout the day to blame yourself, write it down, but that's it. And then after that, you're not allowed to. And so I can't say I'm doing well with that, but I thought it was very, <laughs> it was an interesting thing to maybe try. Right. It's like you can give yourself permission, but let's focus it and then not let it ruin the rest of our day. Yeah. Something else you said in the caption was that in your heart, you know, it wasn't your fault, but that's the easy thing that's like coming up for you now. And I I mean, I know what I have to say means nothing, but, you know, it's a team sport. And like, I think it's so easy to blame ourselves and feel like, you know, if I did X, Y, Z or I know with sports. Sports sometimes too, it comes down to that last minute or the last play or the last touch and that person blames himself. But really like where the team was is a compilation of everyone's efforts. Yeah. One uh, one guy made a, a good actually comment on that post was like, you wouldn't blame your, you wouldn't say it was you who won that game. It was only your, your reason that they won. And I was like, you know what, random Instagram man, you're right. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the reason we won that game, but I feel easy saying I'm the reason we lost that game. So I'm like, that seems a little double standard there, low. So it it's interesting. Everyone's like, it is a team sport. Um, but I think we put so much pressure on this one game, the quarterfinals. So everyone, I think, got in their own head about it a little bit. And especially for me, because I made those mistakes, you just really think it's like, you you almost want someone to blame, I guess. And for me, it's like easy to blame myself or, but it'd be nice to blame somebody else. But right now it's easy to blame myself. (laughs) I feel like that's another point that someone could make is if another teammate didn't have a good game, like, would you blame them for the entire loss? I feel like in all the scenarios, it's like probably no, right? Yeah, probably no. (laughs) But you people like my teammates say it's not my fault, but I just, uh, in my head, I'm like, no, they think it's my fault. And that's what's the, what I need to really talk through, um, with my sports site guy, because I, it's not like it's a track meet or something where it is just, it would just be you. It's, it's, um, a whole team. Right. And how you all affect each other. Was your journey to this Olympic games, something that was like written in stone for you, like years before the Tokyo Olympics, did you have to like fight to get a roster spot? What was that like? So I started playing rugby my senior year of high school, but I've always, if you ever played any sport, you thought about the Olympics and thought about going. So I've always thought about it. And then it wasn't until my senior spring of college when I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try this out. I think I'm going to pursue playing for the USA team. And so for these last three years, I've made consistently every tournament I've played with the USA team, always made a tournament. So I, I think it was always in the back of my head that I was going to make it, but I never wanted to get too confident. And then when I did make the team, it was just kind of like, yeah, I think this is the right way. I kind of made myself a very valuable member of the team. I'd been a good player. So it just felt right. Dang, senior year of high school, you have not been playing that long. I've been playing, yeah, I've been playing for like seven and a half years now. Uh, but I was a three-sport athlete. What's great about rugby is it requires a lot of like um, 
it's a lot of physicalness. So it's uh, how fast you can run, how strong you are. So that just led into it. And my dad's a rugby guy. So it's, I think it was in my blood or something like that. And talk about you bringing attention to the sport. I feel like that is so important because I wonder what goes through your mind when you see all these posts that are like, we got to uplift women's basketball. We got to uplift women's soccer. And you're like, no one knows we exist. Hey, we're here too. Yeah. That's right. what was cool is seeing all the people who were tuning in just to see, not not even just to see me, but like they, it was cool because they could tune in and be like, hey, that's that TikToker I've seen before. Um, so I think rugby is such a great game and I think it's given me so much confidence that it can give so many other girls so much confidence as well. So I just want to get that out there and like um, hopefully get more girls engaged, more more boys and girls engaged to play and just see what they can really do with it, with their bodies, with their confidence. For sure. And when when I actually think about that, it's so true that there's not many places you can tune into. I mean, okay, obviously there's a lot of women's sports, but rugby in particular, like we were talking about before, it is very aggressive. It is it is something that's not the typical way you would see girls or women like, I don't know, playing or acting. Even the sport of volleyball, which I played, is very feminine. We have bows in our hair. We have spandex. We're clapping. We're not, it's not contact. Um, don't get me wrong. We work really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're aggressive as well. But to watch strong women almost like battling, fighting, being aggressive, um, being intense. I think that is so important. Like I want my daughters to watch rugby, you know? Mm-hmm. I know for sure. And that's, you know, again, that hashtag too that I use and just seeing all of my teammates. My teammates are some of the most beautiful people I know. But also when we go out there, one thing about rugby is we have literally the same rules as the men. So they don't change it at all for us. And unlike some other sports where the women's and men's counterparts are so different, the men are so encouraged to be to use contact and women are discouraged from it. We're just like, no, use as much contact as you can. And I think it's just cool to see that women can literally do exactly what the men do. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for everything you shared today. I like hundreds of thousands. I'm super excited to see where you go next and um, follow you on your journey. And I don't know if what I'm about to say, even like you care, it's been on your mind, but something I know I've struggled with in terms of content, I do social media full time is like what the people want from me. Yeah. And I get, I, when I graduated from USC, I was like this USC volleyball YouTuber. Like it was very USC volleyball. I was like, oh shit, what do they want to see from me now? Like, I don't, I don't play that anymore. And I don't know if you're having similar feelings of like, oh, I'm not at Tokyo. Like I even saw you not wearing the bucket hat and everyone's commenting like, where's the bucket hat? And you're probably thinking, I'm not going to wear this bucket hat my whole life. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, I mean, just know that like, I'm so excited to tune into you and like what you're doing every day and and what's next for you to come regardless of bucket hat rugby or not. So I hope that, you know, as like you do battle all these thoughts and all these uncertainties that the people that tuned in, like really do want to see you in your life, regardless of Tokyo. Yeah, uh, I am figuring out what it's going to be now. I think it's just still going to be me being very candid and authentic and uh, hopefully people still uh, resonate with that. I think that they definitely will. You're so relatable. <laughs> Thank you. This was awesome. Well, Ilona, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, it was awesome to connect with you this soon after the games. And like I said, wishing you the best. You're going to kill it. And we're all eagerly waiting, you know, your next TikToks. <laughs> yes, for sure. They'll, they'll be out soon. They'll be out. I might take a break, but they'll be out soon. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.